But I think when your world becomes hopeless, you come back to this question and you realize, I belong to Jesus, who is God, and he purchased me with his blood, and nothing can change that. Welcome to The Fox Den with Terry Fox. Greetings, everyone. Thanks for joining me in The Fox Den. Today we're going to talk about question one of the Heidelberg Catechism, but to begin with, let me give you some background information. The Heidelberg Catechism was written in the 16th century. It was first published in 1563. And during this time, Frederick III wanted to write an education tool to help people learn what the Bible taught. So he got two guys to write this catechism for him, Zacharias Ursinus and Caspar Olivanus. I think that's how you pronounce his name, something like that. I can never pronounce his name. And these two guys really wrote the Heidelberg Catechism. And I've talked about this before in other episodes, but let me help you just understand what a catechism is. It's merely an education tool. It asks and answers a question. This is question one of the Heidelberg Catechism. What is your only comfort in life and in death? And it answers by saying that I am not my own, but belong, body and soul, in life and in death, to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. He has paid fully for all my sins with his precious blood and has delivered me from the tyranny of the devil. He also watches over me in such a way that not a hair can fall from my head without the will of my Father in heaven. In fact, all things must work together for my salvation. Because I belong to him, Christ, by his Holy Spirit, also assures me of eternal life and makes me wholeheartedly willing and ready from now on to live for him. So notice first in question one, it asks what is your only comfort in life and in death. Now you might think that you have lots of comforts in this life, maybe, you know, a nice tea, maybe a good cup of coffee, maybe chocolate chip cookies. But that's not what it's asking. It's not asking what comfort you might have. It's asking the only comfort that you have, not only in life, but in death. And it answers by first stating that I don't belong to myself. But notice also what it says. I belong to somebody else in body and soul. You see, the real you isn't a spirit. The real you is a body and a spirit, or a body and a soul. So in body and soul, I belong to somebody else. And this realization is my only comfort, my only comfort in life and in death. And then it even says that next, that I belong to somebody else in body and soul, the whole me, not only when I'm living, but when my body is lying in a grave. So think about that for a second. The only comfort that I have is to know that I belong to somebody else, not just in this life, but after I die. And it tells us who that somebody else is. It is the Lord Jesus Christ. So my only comfort in life and in death is to know that I don't belong to myself. I belong to Jesus. Not just in this life, but even when my body is lying in a grave. That body still belongs to Jesus. Why? He purchased it. He purchased the whole me. If you're a believer in Christ, he purchased the whole you. And if he purchased you, you belong to him. Body and soul, not just in this life, but when your body is lying in the grave. And he purchased us with his blood. 
You see, as he was beaten and tortured and he was crucified and he is shedding his blood, that blood was the payment he made for you. So our only comfort, not just in this life, but when we die, is to know that we belong to the Lord Jesus Christ in body and in soul. You can say it this way. You can die well because you know that even in death you belong to him. Why? He purchased you with his blood. And not only that, he delivered you from the tyranny of the devil. Paul told us this in Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. He says that God delivered us from Satan's domain and he transferred us to Christ's kingdom. Do you understand that's a past tense? It's already done. If you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, God has already delivered you from Satan's domain and he's already transferred you to Christ's kingdom. Nothing can change that. And this is the point that question one is getting at. He's delivered me from the tyranny of the devil. But not only that, since he has purchased us with his blood, he has delivered us from the tyranny of the devil, he has transferred us to the kingdom of Christ, he watches over us. Now, you might be thinking that God is up in heaven and maybe every now and then he checks in on you. But God is involved in the details of our day. You see, the answer here acknowledges that he watches over us really in a detailed way in which that not even a hair can fall from our head apart from the will of God. And then this question refers to Romans chapter 8, verse 28, and it acknowledges that all things must work together for my salvation. You see, they're thinking of Paul, and in Romans eight twenty-eight, he says that God works all things together for our good, for those who are called according to God's purpose. You see, Paul says in Romans 8.28 that God works all things together for good of believers. Now think about that. I'm sure you can think in your life of bad things that have happened to you. Paul is not saying that those bad things are good. Paul is saying that God works even those bad things together for your good. How? I have no idea. But somehow, some way, God is working even the bad things together in your life in such a way that it works out for your good. God knows what he's doing. And then the answer here reminds us that Christ assures us that we have eternal life. Now, there are a lot of Christians who wander throughout life wondering if they've lost their salvation. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you're a believer in Christ, you cannot lose your salvation. And I know there's a lot of you who think that you can, and you'll probably get frustrated with me because I say that you can't. But if salvation is purely a work of God and you had nothing to do with it, not even your decision, by the way, then you can't lose it. Remember, God saved you when you hated him. He's not going to kick you out of the kingdom because you sin. In fact, if you look at Ephesians chapter 2, Paul says that we were dead, but God made us alive together with Christ. You can go to episode 5 where I review Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. So I unpack that passage there in episode 5. But normally when I go over this passage with people, I ask them, tell me what you did in this. Tell me in verses 1 through 10 of Ephesians 2, what did you do? And they'll look and then they finally come up with, well, I believed. And I'll say, no, that's not what the passage says. What Paul says there in those verses is that you were dead, but God made you alive with Christ, raised you with Christ, seated you with Christ in the heavenly places. There in verse 8, for by grace we have been saved 
by faith. And that's why they would argue, well, see there, it says that I believed. No, but even the faith that, that God requires is a gift, meaning you didn't even have the faith until God gave it to you. You see, all of salvation is a work of God. All of salvation is a gift from him. And if God has given you the gift of salvation, he's not going to take it away because you sinned. He gave it to you when you were sinning. He's not going to take it away because you sinned some more. Remember, he rescued you when you hated him. He didn't wait for you to love him and make a decision for him, and then he saved you. God came after you, he pursued you, and he rescued you when you were his enemy. You see, it's God who reconciled you to himself. You didn't reconcile God to yourself. And Paul talks about that in 2 Corinthians 5.18. And then look at how the answer to question one ends. That Christ, by his Holy Spirit, makes me wholeheartedly willing and ready from now on to live for him. Now notice, first of all, that the answer does not say that we do that perfectly. There's a wholehearted willingness. There's a wholehearted readiness to live for him. But nowhere does this question acknowledge that we do that perfectly. As a matter of fact, Paul tells us in Romans chapter 7 that we're not going to. And if you haven't done so already, I recommend that you listen to episode 12. You see, Paul even tells us in Romans chapter 7 that it's sin in us that keeps sinning. He says that in verse 17 and verse 20. But notice what he says in verse 25. He says that he serves the law of God with his mind. But with his flesh, or his body, he serves the law of sin. You see, he desires to obey God, and yet he fails in his body. So coming back to the answer of question one, notice, nowhere does it say a wholehearted ability to obey God. There's a willingness and a readiness to live for him. But nowhere does it acknowledge perfection or the ability to do so perfectly. Again, Paul confirms that. There's, we're not going to obey God perfectly. In fact, look at verse 18 of Romans chapter 7. Paul says that he has the desire to do what is right, but he doesn't have the ability to do it. So the answer here acknowledges a willingness, a wholehearted willingness and readiness to live for for Christ, but it doesn't acknowledge the ability to do so perfectly. So our only comfort in this life here and when we die is that we have been purchased by Christ, by his blood, and we belong to him in our whole being, meaning body and soul. We belong to him not only when we're living in this life, but when our bodies are lying in the grave. Our bodies belong to him. And what does that mean? Well, it means a time is coming that Jesus is going to return, call us from our graves, we're going to rise from the dead. And we will be in bodies that will never sin, suffer, or die. So he's not going to leave us in the grave. In fact, you can listen to my last episode, episode 14, where I talk about Lazarus as a demonstration of what is coming for us, resurrection. So why is this important? Well, again, I think it's obvious why this is important. You're living a life filled with discouragement, fear, quite frankly, at times, doubt, I'm sure, at times, and you need comfort And I'm sure there are times when you're looking to all kinds of things to provide you comfort. Maybe you look to the news hoping for one piece of good news that will provide you some comfort. Maybe you look to entertainment to take your mind off of the things that are going on in the world. Maybe you do look to that that really good cup of tea or that really good cup of coffee or those chocolate chip cookies to provide comfort. 
But none of those will provide any real substantial comfort. Our only comfort in this life and as our bodies lie in the grave is knowing that we belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. He purchased us. So we belong to him right now and forever. So I think this question is important for you so that in those times when the world rocks you and you become discouraged or you feel a sense of hopelessness, you come back to this question and you realize that you belong to Jesus when you're walking on this earth and when your body lies in the grave. And that doesn't necessarily mean that all the discouragement is just going to wash away. Our minds are pretty creative and we can think of all kinds of reasons to be discouraged. That's just one of the effects of sin. But I think when your world becomes hopeless, you come back to this question and you realize, I belong to Jesus, who is God, and he purchased me with his blood, and nothing can change that. And also within the answer, acknowledging that even when your world is falling apart around you, God is using that somehow, some way for your good. You see, he's stitching it all together for your good. We don't necessarily see it on our end, but God knows what he's doing. And somehow, some way, it works together for your good. So here's my assignment for you, and this is going to be a big one. I'm going to encourage you to memorize question one of the Heidelberg Catechism, because I think it will give you some substance to deal with the sinful world as it bombards you and discourages you and you feel like things are falling apart, and it will bring you back to your only comfort in life and in death. And let me conclude this episode simply by reminding you that your only comfort in life and in death is that you're not your own. You belong to the Lord Jesus Christ, who purchased you with his blood. You belong to him in this life. You belong to him in death, which means he's coming for you to raise you from the dead so that you will spend eternity with him in a body that can never sin, suffer, or die. And all of this by the grace of God. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please subscribe if you haven't done so already. You can find this podcast on several different apps. If you like what I do, please leave a positive review. Please share or tell others about The Fox Den. Also check out The Fox Den Journal for articles and other resources. Thanks for listening. 